What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, uh, we got the Monday night game going on, and you and I are rooting for opposite things in this game. <laughs> you were rooting for George Kittle. I'm rooting against George Kittle, and you are happier than me right now. Yeah, for now. I mean, last week Monday, I was. We were just talking, and Monday Night Football hasn't been kind to me. You know, I needed like just like a couple points from AJ Brown last week, and it didn't happen. But yeah, right now my opponent has Ayuk. I have Kittle in one league, and yeah, those are the two touchdowns so far. So it's some fireworks going on in my uh, my home league right now. But you know, keep keep positive, man. It's a long it's a long game. You never I'm know. I'm trying, what can man. I'm trying. <laughs> this this week was a particularly rough one for me. It looks like. Uh, my Scott Fishbowl season is coming to an end this week, and uh, a couple leagues where I, I was telling you off air about I uh, didn't start Christian Watson in one league because I was yeah. waiting on Mike Williams, and I was going to play Josh Palmer if, uh, if Williams didn't go, and of course Williams did go, so I played him instead and got injured on first catch, and might cost me that matchup, and then another one I got my opponent just uh, scoring the highest total of the league, and I I'll probably have the second highest total of the league for the season <laughs> in a, in a must-win game. So that's fantasy football, man. Everyone sure that's is. listening knows these stories well and <laughs> has their own bad beats. Uh, but that's why you host a podcast so you can complain about it and make everybody else <laughs> listen. Yeah, and you know, and and also, yeah, you could have a bad week, but it's nice, you know, hearing some of the good stuff on Twitter. Uh, a lot of the listeners and stuff like that, people have their start sit questions and oh man you helped me get this win or that so you know you can live vicariously this week at least week 11 through some other folks if you had a bad bad beat here or there yeah that's that's like what you tell to somebody else that's having a bad beat <laughs> yeah i just did yeah i know right or you know when when, when you're in a good mood because kittle just caught a touchdown that's that's, uh, right. that's the kind of thing you say yeah <laughs> uh we all know that uh no that you're right though it's that's it, it is fun it is a fun part of being an analyst getting to actually help other people and when when they do uh let you know about it that that your uh your advice helped them win that's always a, a nice thing. You're right. And yeah. so it's not all just about our own teams anymore. <laughs> they let you know about it the other way, too, sometimes, too, though. You know? Oh, do they? Really? Does it, is there that kind of stuff on social media? <laughs> yeah, every now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, anyway, Monday night, you know the routine. We're going to recap every week 11 game um, with our fantasy takeaways. And we will then jump into the waiver wire for the week. Uh we will, uh, of course, be doing another pod later in the week. We'll have um, uh, our Week 12 rankings up at rosrankings.com later in the week as well, so keep an eye out for that. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. And as always, we'll start with the Thursday night game. Uh, it was the Titans 27 and the Packers 17. Um, and, you know, the, the Titans... Uh, they kind of go in a little bit with the passing game in this game. It's you know I feel like all season we've been talking about you never want to rely on the Titans passing game, mm-hmm. uh, but this game was sort of an exception to that rule. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, if probably his best game of the season, 333 yards, two touchdowns uh, in this game, and uh, you know for me a big part of it was Traylon Burks. I mean this guy is an electric rookie. Uh, he's missed big chunks of the season. Uh, he's the guy that they went out and got to try to replace A.J. Brown. And he's, I mean, those are huge shoes to fill. But uh, Traylon Burks is that kind of freak athlete that has that sort of upside if he can uh, just develop more as a, as a prospect. Um, 
And he's, you know, I feel like people were kind of sleeping on him that, you know, there's been all this attention on the other side to Christian Watson, and he got in the end zone twice here. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's five TDs in two games for him. Um, So everyone's uh, talking about Watson as that late-breaking rookie receiver that could uh, explode down the stretch. But Burks is a pretty good candidate for that as well. Oh, he definitely is, and you know he'll be he'll he'll be he'll be near the top of my list when we talk wide receivers when we get to waiver wire. Um, you know, Robert Woods had a solid game as well. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass in this one, in addition to rushing, so that was a neat play. I I think yeah, this was surprising that Tannehill had such a good game that that Burks kind of had this little breakout that was overshadowed by Watson, like you said, um, because the Packers are a team you can run on. And I thought, I mean, you know, Derrick Henry did have twenty eight carries, uh, but yeah, I didn't expect them. You know, I didn't expect Tannehill to have three hundred and some passing yards and be able to pass all over the Packers because they're just you know their secondary is good and yeah it was it was a little surprising but the Titans are just you know I hear a lot of people talking about the Titans and while Green Bay is not a great team this year you know Tennessee sitting at seven and three people just don't talk about them you know they just go they just they flew under the radar last year they ended up as the one seed you know in the AFC and they're flying under the radar radar yet again you know so yeah I mean remember the Titans uh it's just (laughs) I mean Tannehill was a good he was an underrated fantasy quarterback for a long time, but mm-hmm. uh, he just didn't look like that same guy this year. And, uh, you know, maybe part of that was just a lack of weapons. I mean, yeah, uh, Robert Woods wasn't – I don't think he was fully healthy for a fair amount of this season. And then right. he's also just older now and probably not quite as dynamic as he used to be and also not used to being the guy. Like, you know, he had Cooper Cup around before, so that that helped. Um but you know, with Burks being out, I guess maybe that was a a big a big uh, thing missing from this offense that it had AJ Brown all those years. So sure, um, yeah, maybe maybe they can uh, be a sort of underrated passing offense down the stretch. I'm not gonna fully buy in off of one game, and we know this team still their bread and butter is Derrick Henry. But uh, maybe maybe we'll see at least some serviceable QB two numbers from Tannehill and uh, that, that potential Burks breakout. Yeah, and you you mentioned Watson on the other side. Like, you know, you're going to get him in your lineup now. I know you probably had him in some lineups and some you didn't. We talked about him in the waiver wire show. Like, you know, five touchdowns in two games, like you said, is pretty awesome. And Alan Lazard, you know, he led with 11 targets. And even Randall Cobb, we were texting before the game, like, oh, don't forget to get Randall Cobb in your rankings because he actually had the most receiving yards. So that we even talked about that in the preview show. Like, Randall Cobb's going to get some nice dink and dunks if Watson's stretching the field out. So... This offense, while they, you know, they lost, um, but the passing game, you know, looked a little bit better than it has in recent weeks, I'll say. And Watson is becoming an every week starter for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could make the same point with um, Rodgers as with Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both obviously to different degrees, but quarterbacks that have been good for fantasy in the past and had struggled this season um, and had sort of suffered from a lack of reliable uh, receiving options and injuries in their receiving course. Um, but I feel like Watson's emergence is just big for Rodgers because he can just do things that these other guys can't. But you could also say Cobb, like you said, coming back. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just a really reliable uh, receiver for Rodgers. And, and Lazard has only been back for a couple weeks too, and he's another guy that Rodgers trusts. So now he's got Cobb and Lazard, these two guys he trusts, and Watson who can just tear the, the cover off a of defense, you know. Um, so there's a lot. Uh, more for Rodgers to work with there now um, than there was earlier in the year. Yep. Uh, All anything right. else to say here? I mean, A.J. Dillon has become just droppable at this point. You know, we've talked about him before. It's it's tough. I know 
maybe you want to hang on to him as like a high-end handcuff, um, like a, like an Alexander Madison type, but that's all he is now, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's that. You know, I think this is the time of year though where if you have Aaron Jones, you'd love to have AJ Dillon, and um, yeah. honestly, even once once you get through the bye weeks, and I know the bye weeks go all the way to week fourteen this year, so that makes it a little trickier. But yeah. uh, once you're through the bye weeks, like I like to fill my bench up with these these backup running backs that are clearly going to be uh, bell cows or close to it if the starter goes down, and AJ Dillon is one of the top options in that regard in the league so i've got him in one league and i'm still holding him just for that reason uh but in terms of standalone value yeah i feel like that okay. just hasn't really materialized this season maybe when we get to waiver wire we can do a little aj Dillon or this guy <laughs> <laughs> that there we go that that sounds like fun <laughs> all right let's move to sunday's games and we'll start with the browns and the buffalo bills this game was uh supposed to be played in buffalo but uh there was thunder snow in Buffalo, mm-hmm. and six feet of it. Um, I don't know if it was six feet of thunder snow, but it was six <laughs> feet of snow. Uh, <laughs> so they they uh, they they did move the game to Detroit, uh, neutral field, and certainly that was a good thing for the offenses in this game. I think, um, although interestingly, it wasn't a huge game for Josh Allen uh, or Stephon Diggs. Diggs did get in the end zone, but. Um, the, the passing numbers for the, the Bills were pretty subdued in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more the rushing, uh, interestingly. it's These are the kind of numbers you would have expected to see if the game had been played in a lot of snow with Devin <laughs> right. Singletary and James Cook both rushing for 86 yards in this game. Yeah, and James Cook, I mean, this is not a new thing. You know, we've been talking about, you were talking about Naheem Hines coming over. When he first came over, it was like, oh, well, so much for James Cook's value. And then it was like, well, maybe Hines is just going to be like a special teamer. And Cook, you know, James Cook has been, he's been getting a lot of touches. And in this game, you know, 11 carries, uh, looking good out there. So it's something to keep an eye on, like that Hines is not someone you really want to roster. And and Cook, you know, if you did hold on to him, or he's kind of like a high-end handcuff, I would say, you know, in this high-powered offense that could be good down the stretch if Singletary gets dinged up, you know? Yeah, and maybe he even carves out a little bit of um, standalone value. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they spent, uh, what, a third-round pick on James Cook? They only traded a sixth round pick to get Naeem Hines. So they're more yep. invested in Cook than in Hines anyway. And, uh, you know, we often see this with rookies that they um, get start getting more involved down the stretch of the season. And it looks like maybe that's what we're seeing there with James Cook. So I definitely think uh, yep. he's a player we'll need to talk about in the waiver wire. Um, and then on the Cleveland side, I mean, they, they got it going uh, with the passing game. And uh, Jacoby Brissett just – He's had such a really solid season, and we'll have to talk about mm-hmm. him in the waiver wire as well. Um, he threw three touchdowns, 324 yards in this game against the Bills. That's not an easy feat. And Amari Cooper, I uh, wrote about him a little bit in my Fantasy Pros uh, piece this week. Um, you know, people have been talking a lot about his home road splits because um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all his good games so far this year had been at home. Um, and this game, I guess, technically was on neutral turf. Uh, but you know whatever i the home road thing is funny but like that's more of a baseball thing as far as i'm concerned like where where there's park factors like yeah it actually makes a difference in baseball in football i i feel like it's statistical noise yeah and i mean it was definitely you know conducive environments to passing but like you said we didn't really see it on the bills uh side we saw it on the brown side uh donovan people's jones also had a late touchdown uh which was nice because i was you know, you mentioned Mike Williams and that Charger situation. There were some late game situations that were 
you know, people were monitoring. And on Twitter, I was kind of like, look, here's what I'm doing in a league. I'm starting Donovan Peoples-Jones over Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, these guys, because I think it's sort of a bird in the hand situation. And I really like the matchup anyway. And, you know, he kind of, he bailed me out with that late touchdown because I started in Scott Fishbowl over Josh Palmer or Keenan Allen. Oh, well, but I probably well, would have played the wrong guy. Anyway, I probably <laughs> would have played Keenan Allen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Keenan Allen ended up, yeah, he ended up being yeah. fine. Um, but, sure. yeah, one way or another, it's uh, Peoples-Jones seems to get his points. So, yeah. uh, whether it's early in the game or late, he's been delivering each and every week one of the most underrated receivers in the fantasy game. Um, and, yeah, surprisingly, it was like role reversal here because the Browns couldn't get anything going on the ground in this game. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, 14 carries for 19 yards. So, Browns are the... Huge passing game in this game, and the Bills are the big running game. It's sort of Go strange. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not sure we can read too much into that for uh, future weeks, especially considering Deshaun Watson will be coming back, and uh, we will be expecting big passing numbers from the Browns at that point anyway. But oh yeah, uh, that's that's a story for about a week from now. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next game is uh, this was the Falcons twenty-seven and the Bears twenty-four. Uh, we had talked about this show, this game a little bit um, prior to it in the preview uh, show last week and just how high a, a projected scoreline there was for the two most run-heavy teams in the league. <laughs> and they, they went over it. <laughs> yep. 51 points in this game. Um, and now there was a kick return touchdown for Cordero Patterson that boosted those numbers a little bit. But, um, you know, the Bears have just been in these kind of high-scoring shootouts every week, it seems like. And... Um, you know, with Justin Fields, I guess that's the biggest storyline in this game. He, uh, he had another good fantasy day, uh, 85 yards on the ground and a touchdown mm-hmm. through another touchdown as well. Um, but he dislocated his shoulder and was in a lot of pain, uh, at the end of this game, uh, got carted back for more evaluation and it is a dislocation. So, uh, Matt Eberflus is being pretty vague about it. He says he's day to day, but he could also miss the whole season. That's a... Mm kind of wide spectrum there but um i mean the problem is the bears are three and eight right so they don't really have a lot of incentive to play justin fields if he's not healthy yeah and they have a week 14 bye so that's that's really scary they got a couple games coming up uh, and at at the jets is not an easy matchup the jets have a really good defense um so like i almost you know yes you want justin fields for sure but like he would be a tough he's gonna be tough to rank if he's gonna gut it out this week, you know, and because it's like he's not healthy. It is his non-throwing shoulder, but like you know, he's not 100 healthy. He's at the Jets. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably, I'd probably still rank him in the top 10 for sure. Like he would be hard to sit, but I almost want to like say rest a couple weeks and I'll play, I'll play, you know, I'll stream some other guy that I have for a couple weeks. But I don't know. I'm torn between it. <laughs> it's, it's tough. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know. Yeah, I feel like I don't have the data to back this up, but you know. Some running quarterbacks like basically have uh, in, engage in more contact than others, mm-hmm. you know. And I sure. feel like Fields is the type type of running quarterback that um, will put his shoulder down sometimes, <laughs> like Jalen Hurts too, you know. Whereas like oh, Lamar yeah. Jackson, like you can't touch the guy, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. he always just knows how to sort of bounce around and avoid any contact. Um, so it, it's a little different uh, with different rushing quarterbacks, and uh, if you know, if Fields is dealing with a dislocated shoulder, I mean, are they really going to want to have him running the ball a lot? And that's their offense right now. So right. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does sit out at least a couple weeks, like you said, through that bye week. Yeah, um, you know, Lamar, Lamar's got a 
a couple extra seasons on him too. He's he's a seasoned veteran now. You know, he knows not like what to do and not to do a little bit too. He, he's also very slippery, like you said. But those other guys are often doing what Lamar used to do a couple years ago, where it's just like going right for that end zone, you know. And you often take some of those hits right near the goal line, you know, trying to keep these guys out of the end zone. And Hurts and Fields often will do that. And Lamar, a little bit less so, even though Lamar also did have a rushing touchdown this week but yeah, yeah a little less so these days yeah I have heard that Fields might be dealing with the Dalvin Cook injury um mm. which Dalvin has had it multiple times so like he it's, yeah. it's almost like clockwork for him he just puts on the harness and get and goes you know um so, <laughs> but it's a little different when you're a quarterback I mean you do yeah. have to not just run the ball you have to you have to theoretically be able to throw the ball as well so it's kind of mm. I don't know if you can just wear a shoulder harness uh and play quarterback no, well, it was a good call. You made a good call on David Montgomery, uh, you know, moving on to some other players here. Like, I think you had him as, like, your RB6 or 7. Pretty I had high. him 6, and he finished 6th. Yeah. yeah, so that was a good call. Um, you know, he has this he has this backfield pretty much to himself. Um, and if Fields is limited, whether he plays or not, I think, you know, moving forward, it's going to be hard not to rank Montgomery as, like, a borderline RB1. I mean, the Jets are a tough matchup, so that might be one. But, you know, then he gets Green Bay and some other better matchups into the year. So, Montgomery, while Herbert's out, this is a nice uh, situation for fantasy for him. Yeah, although if Trevor Simeon is under center, I mean, man, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be ten guys that. in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, just based on volume, I feel like Montgomery is the classic. Like I had him really high because of the matchup. I mean, yeah, and but the volume alone is makes him like a, a definitely RB two at worst every week, and probably mm-hmm. like a top fifteen guy most of the time. So. Uh, that's just kind of what we're looking at with uh, Khalil Herbert on IR. I guess, uh, well, Kyle Pitts is on the IR too, so that's the other big news out of this. We can stop ranking Kyle Pitts in our top 12 or 15. Oh, or I had already stopped, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can just stop ranking him. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to kick a guy while he's down, but he's he's been a tough guy to, to rank this year because then he'd have a couple games, and it's like, okay, maybe he's coming back, and well, now he won't be. So, Yeah, I mean, the last few weeks I've people have been asking me at, you know should they pick up another tight end to start instead of Kyle Pitts and I'm like sure but drop Kyle Pitts if you're going to do that because I don't believe in rostering two tight ends most of the time and if you only start one and um you know Pitts was just a glorified touchdown or bust tight end streaming tight end like many other guys this season um so uh, this will be the thing that finally uh can convince everyone that they can once and for all move on from Kyle Pitts. He's going to have a bright future. He's going to have a great career in front of him. This is not the kind of injury that it's an MCL tear, which is uh, not ideal, but it's not a, it's not a super serious injury. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to, it's not going to divert the, the career arc for him at all. So um, right. good things ahead for him and keeper in dynasty leagues. But in those redraft leagues, you can safely hit drop now and not uh, worry that it's <laughs> going to come back to bite you. Yeah, and, and the running game here was a little bit more clear. With I mean, Mariota got a lot of rushes, but Caleb Huntley was phased out a little bit here. You know, it was a little more clear with, with Patterson and Algier as far as the running back splitting, but it was, you could call it a three-headed monster with Marcus Mariota having 13 carries. Um, but yeah, I mean, Patterson, like you said, had that kickoff return. I think he'll be the, the you know, Falcon running back that you want to start each week, but Algier's still going to have some, some flex potential, uh, especially in good matchups moving forward. Yeah, Algier actually played more snaps than Patterson, yeah. um, but Patterson just, uh, you know, when he's on the field, they they try to get the ball in his hands. I mean, because he's just a, he's a dynamic player, so that's yep. that that makes sense that they would you know not waste 
uh, he's a, he's a little bit older, got some tread on the tires. Don't don't waste him on when you're not going to be getting the ball in his hands. Put him if you're putting him on the field, <laughs> make him make him uh, valuable. Yeah, he's kind of uh, like an old version of DeAndre Swift right now. You know, he's getting high. <laughs> he's getting some high value. I mean, Swift scored late, but I still like I still feel like they're still going to give Swift some high value touches. You know, and Patterson right, well, is getting. We'll those. get to that game in a minute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or more like 10 minutes, probably. But anyway, next game is the Eagles 17 and the Colts 16. Uh, Nick Sirianni was super pumped up about beating the 4-6-1 uh, and <laughs> six and one Colts. Um, <laughs> enough. I, I don't want to get Philly fans mad at me, but that, that's <laughs> from the clip I saw on social media, it seemed a little bit over the top. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what can we say about this game? I, I mean... Um, Devonta Smith is the big takeaway for me, I think, like on the Eagles side, because uh, he got a season high 39% target share this week. And that's exactly what I was looking for with Dallas Goddard out. Uh, they just don't really have anything at tight end that's going to re- come even no. close to replicating what Goddard was doing. So those targets are going to be going to Devonta Smith instead. And even though we only had six catches for 78 yards, um, the nine targets was really encouraging. I think he could have some huge games down the stretch uh, with that kind of target share. Yep. I, uh, I traded for Miles Sanders in the league and was a little disappointed at his, uh, you know, output here, 13 for 47 and uh, pretty, pretty much nothing in the receiving game. So, I mean, he hasn't really been that good in the receiving game in general, um, but hopefully I'm hoping better days are ahead and, and maybe the Eagles will score a little bit more. They just didn't really get things going. I mean, they were down at halftime in this game and had to come back and win and really in the fourth quarter is when they did it so yeah just not how I thought this game would go although I did say in the preview that I thought the Colts were live to win this one I thought that they covered covered the spread so I just thought there'd be a few more points scored and Jonathan Taylor scored in this game you know Saturday continues to just give him plenty of work so if you have Jonathan Taylor and you're still in the playoff hunt you know if you weathered that storm with him being injured and not good and all that like you're feeling good about Jonathan Taylor right now. He's, you know, right back in the top 10, maybe top five rest of the season for me. Yeah, no, he's definitely trending up. I, I just wanted to go back to Miles Sanders real quick, though. I mean, he's got two receiving yards in the last five games, <laughs> two total receiving yards. Yeah, not good. So that's that's rough. I mean, if you're in a PPR league, he's significantly less valuable. Um, mm-hmm. in, in a standard league, he's still pretty useful, I think. But, um, you know, it is – even there, just guys that don't play that active role in the passing game are a lot more touchdown dependent and game flow dependent. So that's just kind of where we are with Miles Sanders, I think. Yep, um, and Hertz is going to vulture touchdowns from him, so like, yeah, like that he too. did in this one. Yeah, yeah that too. Um, and then, uh, you know, in terms of the the Colts uh, receivers, um, you know, Paris Campbell just kind of quietly keeps producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Michael Pittman had very similar numbers in this game. Uh, Alec Pierce actually did get the most targets with eight, but didn't do a whole lot with it. Three for 28. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I think it's pretty clearly, uh, Pittman and Campbell as the one and one a, uh, in this passing game right now. Yeah. And we like, we like to see that for fantasy. It's easy to rank. It's easy to predict. <laughs> you can, you can leave Alec Pierce on the waiver wire pretty much. Um, and yeah, there's other, I mean, we'll talk about Paris Campbell again, just like we talk about Donovan Peoples Jones every week. <laughs> I mean, these are guys you need to pick up. Yeah. I, you know, I think Campbell is eventually going to get a really favorable matchup and have some sort of huge game and then that's when people will finally start adding him as much as he should be but we're going to keep ringing the bell for it in the meantime yep Yep. um 
moving on, the uh, Patriots 10 and the Jets 3. I'm up visiting my folks in Boston, so this was on local television. Watched watched this mm-hmm. game uh, more closely than than many others, uh, although I had them all on on my on my phone app. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game was absurd because of the weather. I mean, it was so windy, and then these are just two really good defenses with two very questionable quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. So you add all that up, and you get this kind of a game that was. Three to three, all the way until the final minute of the game, when the Patriots returned a punt for a touchdown to win the game with eight seconds left. Uh, just a crazy game, like a great game from a real life perspective. Uh, you know, just two two winning teams in the division, bitter mm-hmm. rivalry, a lot on the line in a division where it's going to be tough to make the playoffs. Um, just having to play each other all these weeks, and then. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to finish at the top of the division. Um, the Jets, if they had won this game, would have been in first in the AFC East, and by losing it, they're in last. So <laughs> that's that. All that punt return dropped them four spots in the standings. It's pretty incredible. Um, but from a fantasy takeaway, I mean, it's really hard to take much away from this game. I mean, it was yeah. just ugly. You know, ugly offense. I mean, uh, to me, the biggest thing on the Patriots side is Ramondre Stevenson still. I uh, you know he couldn't get anything going in the running game, but catches six for fifty six. Um, he just he, he has a target share of twenty two percent or higher in four straight games, um, and that's huge because D- Damian Harris did come back in this game and did get some run. I mean he had eight carries and was actually pretty productive, sixty five yards mm-hmm. on those eight carries. But um, Stevenson still played like seventy five percent of the snaps and. Like I said, the passing game role is the key. So I think Stevenson is still uh, a high-end RB2. and But, you know, Harris could, could have a little bit of RB3 flex appeal as he keeps getting worked in. Yeah, and he'll, and he'll, he'll find the end zone in some more favor, favorable uh, matchups for sure. But you're right, this is a, a good real-life game, division rivals and, and all that. Cold weather, you know, as we start getting close to December and the weather gets a little nastier, so... Um, yeah, for fantasy, I don't really have anything to add here. I think you pretty much said it all. And there's not a ton of takeaways, but might mention Elijah Moore when we get to the waiver wire because I still think you can you can pick him up. Well, I think the big thing on the Jets side to talk about is Zach Wilson because he was terrible again right. in this game. And after the game, he was asked about whether he let the defense down, and he just matter-of-factly said no. I know. And there was a lot of reporting that the locker room was not happy with his attitude in the lock in the locker room after the game. And um, it sounds like the, he could be getting benched. Uh, yes. Robert Sala was refusing to commit to him as the starter for this week. And that's always the first thing you hear before a, a guy gets benched. Uh, you know, I feel like after saying <laughs> something like that, it's really hard to envision going back to him <laughs> because yeah. you're, you're taking your quote unquote franchise quarterback and you're saying you're not playing well enough to start for us. Um, which means, is it Joe Flacco time again, or is it Mike White time? That's the other question. We don't actually know which of these two backup quarterbacks is going to play. I mean, I think if you've got um, Garrett Wilson or you've got Elijah Moore or Denzel Mims or even Corey Davis, any of these guys, you're hoping Joe Flacco is the quarterback because this offense was cooking early in the year with Flacco. Yeah, I mean, they were throwing the ball a ton. I, I would agree. I think, But I think even Mike White could be an upgrade. We, we saw him play a little bit last year, so... I, I think you're right. Um, if I were a betting man, and I am, uh, I would bet on Zach Wilson not starting Week 12 for sure. I don't. I don't think you're going back on that. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get benched probably for the rest of the season, but at least for a week or two. 
Well, if he gets benched for the rest of the season, I don't think he's going to be with the Jets next season either. It's right, going to be yeah. a reclamation project for the Colts or something. <laughs> yep. See also Baker Mayfield. And I mean, we've yeah, seen Panthers, Colts, or um, yeah. who else? Raiders. I don't know. There's a lot of places that <laughs> sure. might be like, oh, what the hell? I'll give him a exactly. shot. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. Next game. Um, this is the Saints 27 and the Rams 20. Your boy Andy Dalton, he had another oh another good game. Just when we always think he's about to uh, get benched, he, he comes out and has a good game. So this was another nice one. Uh, I feel like this Rams defense is uh, overrated, significantly overrated yeah. at this point. Like uh, pretty much everything about the Rams is just dumpster fire right now. I, I mean, it's pretty incredible that this team won the Super Bowl last year. And now they're making a pretty credible case to be the worst team in the NFL right now. I mean, they... <laughs> You know, Matthew Stafford is uh, back in the concussion protocol again, second time in two weeks. Uh, I doubt he's going to play next week. Um, right. The running back situation, Daryl Henderson, this makes no sense. Daryl Henderson starts the game, uh, hand- gets a carry on the first two plays, runs twice for nine yards, uh, finishes off the first drive where they go three and out, and then plays one more snap on the second drive and then doesn't play again the rest of the, the game. And yeah. he, he wasn't injured. There was just no explanation. Just, okay, we're tired of this, I guess. Uh, and then Kyron Williams, Cam Akers, you know, Williams plays the most snaps. Akers is the running, the primary rusher. Uh, Williams running more pass routes. So mm-hmm. it's a mess. I mean, this is just a terrible offense with Cooper Cup out. Like, you don't want to start any of these receivers, I feel like, really. I mean, like... Allen Robinson did get a touchdown and two two out while caught this sixty two yard bomb, but <laughs> like you can't count on Van Jefferson, you can't count on Robinson, you can't count on any uh, Ben Scourinick, like none of these guys. You know, it's like yeah. Higby is because of tight end. You can you can consider him, but he's pretty much the only player on the on the entire Rams offense that I would want to even consider starting in a fantasy league right now. Yeah, and especially if Stafford's not there, like you said, if he if he misses. Like, if Stafford's there, I will consider guys like Robinson, maybe Van Jefferson a little bit more than I would if it's someone else, but agreed with the point here. Like, this this whole team is just like a train wreck, and, you know, I've been talking about Stash and Kyron Williams, and who knows, maybe that's still a good option, but I don't know that you're ever going to feel comfortable starting him <laughs> all this year, you know? Like, maybe in a couple weeks, but maybe not, so we'll see. I mean, I actually dropped him in a league, which yeah, was kind too. of a shallow league, and I needed, you know, I picked up a a quarterback or something, you know, for next week. So yeah, like I would feel fine doing that, even though I think he's a stash candidate, but I also think like you can drop him. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, two or three man committees and bad offenses are just, I mean this, their offensive line is just completely decimated. So it, I just, they're last in the NFL and rushing. I, I mean, I just don't see the upside with Rams running backs. It's like people still have like thoughts of Todd Gurley floating in their head or something. You know, this yeah. is not, this is not that Rams team. No, um, not at all. Yeah. And then back to Dalton. I mean, nice game, and mm-hmm. Chris Olave catches a long touchdown pass. Juwan Johnson, this guy just keeps scoring over and over and over again. And Jarvis Landry gets in the end zone. Uh, it's starting to get worked back in as well. So, um, And then we got to mention Taysom because I traded Taysom to you uh, <laughs> yeah. in our Dynasty League uh, this last week. And uh, he, got, he got some good usage in this game. Nine carries for 52 yards. So... Um, you know, I, I had wondered the last couple of weeks why they weren't using Taysom, and this week they went back to using Taysom. 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny. You said you traded me Taysom. Like, the trade was, I, you threw in K- Taysom. Like, yes. that wasn't really, <laughs> the trade was, I traded you Kelsey for a draft pick next year. But yeah, it was, not, I was, I was happy to see Taysom as well getting mixed back in because, you know, I might use him here and there this year or next year or as long as, I mean, the guy signed like a four year contract. So even in Dynasty, I think he's a serviceable tight end for the next, you know, this season and maybe next year. So we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, he's, I, I like seeing that usage for sure. I'll take yeah. good care of Taysom for you. Don't worry. Okay, that's good. Take good care of my baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about about the Saints? I mean, I, I think uh, it, it looks like Jameis is upset that he lost the job by injury, but um, it doesn't look like he's going to get it back at this point. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, Saints are 4-7 and seven now after beating a bad Rams team. Like, I don't know. Like, why would you even go to Jameis if he's not 100%? I don't know. Yeah, I don't have much else to say here. I guess we'll just see what happens as week by week with this team. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right, next game. Lions 31, Giants 18. Uh, so, so much for our theory that Vegas was uh, disrespecting the Giants. They, they actually yeah. had this one right. Um, I didn't see it coming, honestly. I mean, the Giants had been the best team against the spread in the league this year. Um, so Vegas had actually been swinging and missing a lot on, on yeah. the Giants. But they, they, uh, you know, since we're doing baseball metaphors, they knocked this one out of the park. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, Jerry Goff is usually not very good on the road. And he, he didn't have to do much in this game. So that yeah. helps, you know. I mean, this was the Jamal Williams show, three touchdowns again. He leads the league with 12 touchdowns now. Um, I believe this is like his fifth like multi touchdown game or something absurd like that. Um, and uh, y- you know it's it is what it is sort of at this point. I it's, it, you know he's he's getting all the goal line work. He's yep. uh, you know Swift and uh, even Justin Jackson are both playing some snaps. I mean you know uh, Jamal Williams is only playing like forty to fifty percent of the snaps, but he's getting fifteen to twenty carries on those snaps and including all this goal line stuff. And uh, he's currently the RB10 for the entire season now. And I feel like anytime they have, like, a really plus matchup, like, he's probably going to be, like, a low-end RB1. I know. It's wild. And uh, I know I was talking about Patterson versus Swift, you know, kind of comparing him to Swift. Um, but I also – and I didn't watch much, of, like, any of this game. Um, was watching some others. But, yeah, uh, I think Jackson – Justin Jackson was actually working ahead of Swift. Um, so, like, that's <laughs> – I read that and it's like, well, Swift got his late touchdown to save his, you know, fantasy managers if anybody was playing him. But I would just like to think that he's still going to get worked in as the season goes on. I don't see him getting phased out like a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, but I could also see if he's dinged up, maybe they sit him down the stretch if they're out of it. You know, so Swift mm-hmm. is not a guy I would recommend like trading for. Someone asked me about Swift, you know, versus someone. And I'm like, I can't see trading for DeAndre Swift right now. Just leave that alone. You know? Yeah, no, I wouldn't trade for him. I. I but at the same time, you're right. I mean, he's not a drop. Um, no. It's just one of those situations you're kind of stuck with, I guess. Um, yep. Just because if if they did ever choose to start giving him more playing time, it doesn't. He doesn't need to be a bell cow. Like you know, he's like got that Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara kind of skill set where it's like mm-hmm. you just you give him like. 15 touches and he's going to put up huge numbers he doesn't need 25 touches you know yeah absolutely. Um, but he's not getting anything close to that right now so i yeah he's like a total boomer boss shot in the dark rb3 at this point as far as i'm concerned and uh, i think it's taken the fantasy community a long time to come to terms with that because i still get <laughs> questions like 
I got questions Sunday morning. Should I start Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift? And I'm like, oh, come man. on, really, man? <laughs> start Jamal Williams <laughs> or Kyle Pitts? <laughs> oh, really? God. Is Kyle yeah, Pitts gonna exactly. Have a good game? I, it's like, it's you know, people have this like, um, it you know, the drafts were two months ago, but <laughs> yeah. people still like three months ago, honestly. But people still. Uh, feel like that's built into how they view these players like yeah. what, what round did i take them <laughs> i know it's a sunk cost move on uh, you know it, it, yeah just move on it's it's hard to move on um you know on the other side saquon had a rough game kind of like nick chubb did just couldn't get anything going and that's you know if he can't get things going then that's kind of what happened with the giants you know danny dimes turned the ball over a bit in this game he he threw for a lot of yards and wandale robinson looked like he was you know breaking out and he ended up uh, i think he did he tear his acl he tore his uh, acl yeah yeah so that's that's a bummer. You it's know, a huge he was, bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's like he was just – he actually – his 13 targets in this game are the most of any receiver in week 11. And wow. just really looked on the, on the way to a huge, huge breakout. I mean, he could have had more points in this game too. Right. And uh, he just – you know, it's I've been saying it for a month. Like he gives them – he gives this offense a dynamic that nobody else does. And – uh, you know, now it's that's not going to be there. So it's a big loss for the Giants. It's a big loss for fantasy managers because I think he was going to be uh, definitely a wide, every week wide receiver three and maybe even a wide receiver two if he uh, started to consistently get, um, you know, eight to ten targets each week. Um, yeah. But Darius Slayton also had a nice game, and mm-hmm. uh, he's been the one consistent receiver uh, for the Giants this season. It's so funny because the beginning of the year, I'd say he was probably sixth on the depth chart. Oh yeah, for the Giants. Um, there were trade talks. Like I mean, maybe they yeah, cut but, him. You yeah. know, Kenny Galladay has been a no show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kadarius Tony uh, was injured and then traded. Wandale's injured. Uh, Sterling Shepard's injured. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> yeah. went through the David Sills and the. Um, Marcus Johnson and, uh, and Isaiah Hodgins and Lawrence Cager. I mean, they've got Richie James. Like they, this team has gone through every receiver in the phone book, you know. But Darius Layton is the one guy now. that's kind of shown up to work each week and produced. You're not naming football players now. No, those weren't real names. Grooby McFlugerstein. Yeah, he had a really. Good oh yeah, week. I know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Enough about this game. Let's move on. Uh, Ravens 13, Panthers thir- 3, I should say. This was another game that was 3-3 three to three <laughs> for a long time. Uh, yeah. My 7-year-old my daughter was asking me, she said, that game's 3-3 three to three and that game's 3-3. Three to three. I'm like, she's like, is that true? And I'm like, I, am- amazingly it is true. I, this isn't <laughs> something that happens often, but yes, uh, two very, very low-scoring games. Um, and this one at least... Uh, did not end on a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, Lamar Jackson getting into the end zone finally in the fourth yeah. quarter uh, to put away the pesky Panthers. Um, try saying that three times fast. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lamar's been disappointing, though. I mean, even with that rushing touchdown, it was another kind of subpar outing for Lamar. I'm, You know, I've got him in our Dynasty League, and I'm always just waiting for those ceiling games, and we haven't really had one since week three. Um so he, you know he's got a he's got a high floor because uh, mm-hmm. of the rushing, but uh, it's yeah I think he's had one multi touchdown passing game since week three. He's had um, 
you know, uh, one game of over 210 passing yards in that stretch. And uh, he can still uh, do some rushing damage, but, you know, early in the year, he's running for 100 yards at a time, and he's not been doing that lately either. So just a little disappointing and uh, not a lot to work with in this offense either. I mean, this, you know, depleted running game. Uh, Mark Andrews was back, but he's been banged up, and, uh, you know, Bateman's out on IR, and they just don't have a lot in the receiving game. Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier. I mean, there's, it's, it is tough. I mean, he doesn't have Bateman, like you said. I mean, he definitely misses having like a Marquise Brown type player who he had last year. Uh, he, yeah, he doesn't have many weapons beyond Mark Andrews. I mean, Demarcus Robinson had a good game in this one. We were kind of joking about that. <laughs> we were talking about Devin Duvernay, and it's like, you can't start Duvernay. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't start Robinson. You don't know who's going to go off, and that's that point was made right here in this game. And, you know, Kenyon Drake, I liked him uh, for an anytime touchdown, uh, used a boost on that one, and he came up short. You know, he took he took the ball down, and then Lamar rushed it in. So I was really close on that one. I was kind of 50-50 on my anytime touchdowns this week, so it could have been worse. Um, I've been really good lately, but this week this week was kind of even where I had, like, Montgomery, Jay, uh, Jonathan Taylor, but then I missed on so close on Drake and a couple other guys, so. He could have had a better game. Yeah, no, I thought he would. I thought he would have a better game. Um, just and Justice Hill got a decent amount of playing time too, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't like Drake was a bell cow here. Then on the Carolina side, I, I mean, it's like I have Deonta Foreman in the league, and I knew he was going to have a, a tough game, but I it mm-hmm. was like one of those things where you kind of had to play him anyway because it's yep. like how many running backs can conceivably get. 20 25 <laughs> carries in a game you know <laughs> even against a bad defense or a tough defense i should say um and a, a game where i wasn't expecting the panthers to score a lot i was like i just gotta kind of play him anyway but it was as bad as i i feared uh 11 carries 24 yards um and uh even though they never really fell behind big in this game uh but they just abandoned the running game and Baker Mayfield is he might be my least favorite player <laughs> to watch in the NFL right now. Uh, thankfully, it looks like the Baker Mayfield era could be coming to an end in Carolina. Um, they're another team that uh, may be switching quarterbacks this week. And again, there's a couple options. It could be PJ Walker coming back if he's healthy enough to, or it could be Sam Darnold. Uh, sure. Either way, uh, it would be a good thing for this offense. I think it'd be a good thing for DJ Moore. It'd be a good thing mm-hmm. for. Deonta Foreman, it'd be a good thing for probably even Terrace Marshall. So let's hope that uh, if we want any of our Panthers players to be usable in fantasy, uh, we need a change of quarterback there. Yep, I agree. And especially like you mentioned, DJ Moore, he's the one that really could benefit because he's just he just hasn't had any kind of connection with Baker. So if as long as Baker's there uh, and starting, DJ Moore is going to be falling down my rankings even more. Yeah. The worst thing about Baker is I the thing that drives me crazy about him is that he thinks he's so much better than he is. You know, it's like yeah. most of these guys that aren't good, like, know they're not good. So they play really <laughs> conservatively and, like, try not to make mistakes. You know what I mean? Whereas Baker, like, thinks he can make every throw in, uh, on the field, and he can't. So yeah. it, he just he gets picked. He uh, takes sacks. He um, just throws errant passes that are not catchable for dj Moore. Ugh, all right let's move on i I'm, I'm starting to feel ill um commanders 23 texans 10 um i mean this game wasn't even as close as that score line uh, the, the commanders no. were winning 20 to nothing at halftime of this game it was a late touchdown for uh, the texans to make it look a little bit closer but um 
really domination for the commanders. They got a defensive touchdown. So mm-hmm. I did recommend to one of my Twitter followers that they play the commander's defense this week. So I did, I guess nice. I can focus on that instead of my own team <laughs> losing. Right. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the running game for the com- commanders, like we were both super excited about that because they're facing the Texans. It was a little disappointing. Um, you know, considering they they dominated this game and mm-hmm. uh, really were winning the whole time, I guess games where, where there is a defensive touchdown can kind of uh, mess things up a little bit. Sometimes it's like mm-hmm. one less possession or maybe two less possessions sure. for the team than they would have had otherwise. Um, but yeah, I mean, Antonio Gibson actually played ahead of Brian Robinson in this game, got more carries, which is the surprising part to me because um, I'm not I'm never surprised if Gibson plays more snaps than Robinson, but I, I would guess he it's more in the passing game, and uh, Robinson would get more carries, but not this week. 18 for Gibson, 15 for Robinson. So neither of them uh, were able to get in the end zone. Um, so it was, you know, not not a huge fantasy performance for either of these guys. But uh, I still think they're, you know, Gibson is the preferred play at this point, and he's like a low-end RB2. And I still think Robinson is an RB3 uh, who you can bump up a little bit when they do get – other favorable matchups like this one because a, a game like this I would have expected better from him yeah and I thought he would I thought he would find the end zone he was one I liked a lot this week uh didn't quite you know it's interesting that that Gibson did out uh, carry him uh, I thought Robinson might have 20 25 carries in this game just yeah. the way you know I really thought and I ended up betting on over 14 and a half carries for Oof. Robinson and I saw it on two books where it was 15 and a half and I found one that was 14 and a half, and, I, and it was a little bit more juice on it. But I was like, well, sometimes these lines are close. And I got 14 and a half, and boy, did that make a difference. <laughs> wow. Congratulations yeah. on that one. I know. It's it's crazy when, they, when they're when they that close, how good they are sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I did also mention in my Fantasy Pros article that um, Terry McLaurin had a quiet game. But he his target share has been twice as high. Uh, with t- uh, Taylor Heineke at quarterback as it was with Carson Wentz. So uh, it's like 32% versus 16%, basically. So uh, yeah. that's a big deal. Um, I I feel like McLaurin uh, is going to have better games than this going forward. And uh, Logan yeah. Thomas, too. Nice nice uh, appearance for him. He's a guy that I've always liked the talent. It's been a matter of health. Uh, he's missed a big chunk of this season. And then when he came back, uh, really didn't do much the first couple games he was back. But this game... Uh, he uh, had five catches for 65 yards, so he he may uh, be a guy we need to talk in the waiver wire. Sure, and I'm with you on McLaurin, man. Like he to me, he's kind of like I'm on Ross St. Brown at this point. I'm going to continue to rank them, you know, top 12 to definitely top 20 wide receivers. Um, they're getting the they're getting the volume. Heineke's definitely you know looking his way. Um, you know, I don't think I'm on Ross St. Brown. We didn't really mention him. I don't think he's scored since like week two or three. Um, but McLaurin, same kind of thing. Like they, these, these quarterbacks like these guys, they're going to get volume. So you're going to play them every week. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the Texan side, um, you know, I've kind of given up on this offense, as I've said, I mean, Damian Pierce is the one guy you start, but it's been rough going for him lately. And this game was kind of the bottom, uh, falling out for him. 10 carries for eight yards. Oof. And, uh, yeah, two catches for nine. It, just not not a lot of uh, juice there for Damian Pierce. But, uh, you know, he's still got this essentially bell cow role in this offense. He's a good player. I mean, you watch him play, and he's just – he's got a, he's got an engine. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm not 
I'm not really downgrading him much in my mind off of this this game. It's just been uh, kind of reality setting in a little bit for him. Um, he plays for the Houston Texans, you know, and this was <laughs> this was the reason I was not really in on him coming into the season because I was like the Texans uh, were one of the worst rushing teams in the league last season, like not known for having a very strong offensive line, uh, lots of negative game script, so not not many games where they can really lean into the run in a big way. Um, it does help him a lot that he's playing more passing down uh, snaps than he was early in the season, but uh, just playing for Houston is going to cap his upside, and that's why he's like a quintessential RB two and not an RB one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like his you know twelve touches were his fewest since week one. I mean, this is the first game we'd really seen you know since week one where he was just kind of game scripted out, uh, and you know it really hadn't happened before. He was still getting like twenty t- twenty to twenty five touches lately. Even in, you know, big losses, you know, he had a garbage time touchdown, I think, like three or four weeks ago, but he hadn't scored since then. So, yeah, it's the Texans, like you said. He's going to have some rough weeks like this, and hopefully this is not a sign to come for, you know, some of his managers out there, but you might have a few more games like this down the stretch. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. RB2, for sure. I agree. Yeah, and then I don't know if you want to say anything about Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins. I'm just sort of done talking about those guys personally. Yeah, not really. I mean, yeah, we've talked about them. We're going to continue to rank them you know, around wide receiver four territory, and you're going to want to look, uh, you know, elsewhere, basically. <laughs> yep, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Raiders 22, Broncos 16. Uh, this game ended on a Devontae Adams touchdown where he <laughs> was completely left uncovered yeah. uh, to win the game, and I was picking up some Chinese food at a restaurant and facing Devontae Adams uh, when I saw that on the screen, and uh, oh no, I was not happy. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it was part of my painful fantasy weekend. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what much to say about the Raiders. I mean, uh, it's just it's Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams show with this team, you know, especially sure. um, now with Darren Waller and and Hunter Renfro and IR. Um, Derek Carr actually had a good fantasy game, but those have kind of been few and far between for him this season. I I, I don't. I think he's kind of more of a QB two than a QB one at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt Collins is like in Foster Moreau or like, if you have to, you can, you know, I play them over Texans guys. <laughs> yeah. And this was the, this was the game where it was like, Russell Wilson has to have a good game against the Raiders. And he didn't, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, here we are, we're, we're going into week 12 here. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, how many last times do we have to have? Like, this is definitely it. I think we had a last time for Rodgers a while back. And then then, <laughs> then he kind of started, he's getting some receivers back. But there's just no hope in sight for the Broncos and Russell Wilson. So No, you know. this, he was the first quarterback all year not to throw a touchdown pass against the Raiders. So, oh, terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, if you can't cook against Vegas, you can't cook against anybody. <laughs> yeah, that but was, they, um, yeah. They surprisingly cut Melvin Gordon today, and uh, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about Latavius Murray in our waiver column. Uh, I think he was atop my running back list before that news, and now he's like really atop my list. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you need a running back, you got to go after Latavius Murray at this point, which sounds yes. crazy, but you do. <laughs> as I as I put it in my tweet, it's Latavius season. Yeah, Latavius season. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> season to taste. Um, yeah, and then you know your boy Cortland Sutton, who you uh, acquired yeah. recently, uh, had a decent game. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just ugly with the Broncos. So you you can't if if Latavius Murray is the best thing going uh, in Denver, that kind of speaks volumes compared yeah. to what we were envisioning at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. All right, uh, Cowboys forty, 
Vikings 3. So Ooh, I know you were really excited to watch this game. Did you end up watching this full game? <laughs> I did not. You know, I, you mentioned you're up in Boston with some family. We we had a little get-together at my parents' house. Uh, they lived just like an hour, hour and a half from me. And so we were sitting around. We had watched the Washington game um, and bouncing around. I was looking a little bit on my phone as well. And then this game came on, or we flipped it over to this game, I guess. And uh, it was on, <laughs> but yeah, didn't really watch a whole lot. You know, it was, and of course, I was facing Tony Pollard in two leagues. So, man, I, I might win one of them here if Kittle still has a good game. So we'll see. But man, Tony Pollard went off, and Zeke, of course, still vultured some touchdowns. And I mean, it's going to be more of the same here with Dallas, I think, down the stretch. Like, Pollard. Pollard managers finally are getting this Tony Pollard that they wanted, right? And Zeke managers are still going to get this Zeke who's going to get some touchdowns. Um, I mean, he can be a guy like a James Conner rest of the season, you know? Like, Zeke will be fine. Well, James Conner is going to play, like, every down, though. I mean, Zeke is not Yeah, that's true. I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, more of a touchdown. I don't know. I guess, I, well, Jamal Williams might be a better I was thinking, uh, comp. It, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I he guess. won't score that much. Probably. You think he's gonna be? Yeah, I don't know. I like. I was thinking. I'm trying to. Uh, there was a situation that I thought was similar to it. Now I'm trying to remember where it was. Um, was it Najee Harris or something? But that's kind of changed now too. So we'll mm. get to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It will come to me. But yeah. I, oh, yeah. maybe Leonard Fournette. It's like a Leonard Fournette Rashad yeah, White situation. That's what I would. That's what I would equate it to. But um, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pollard is just so good on a per-touch basis that, like, I mean, Zeke is probably going to get worked in a little bit more than he did in this game. Um, like, Zeke was fine this game because he scored the two touchdowns. But, I mean, he averaged 2.8 yards per carry and, you know, mm -hmm. had virtually no role in the passing game. So, like, the only reason Zeke was good in this game was because of those touchdowns. So, he's kind of like a touchdown or bust RB3, I think, at this point. Um, whereas Pollard, like... High-end RB2. I mean, like, he doesn't need... If he and Zeke get the same number of touches, like, Pollard is going to be twice as good. Like, that's just how much better he is than Ezekiel Elliott, I think, at this point. So, Zeke will still have some big games like this, just based on the touchdowns. But uh, but Pollard, I don't think the genie's going back in the bottle there. He's too... Like, no matter what Jerry Jones says, like, Tony Pollard is too good uh, to not have on the field. Like, he is... <laughs> He is making huge plays. I mean, they just destroyed an eight and one Vikings team on the road. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Unbelievable for sure. And uh, you know, Dak is back. You know, he threw a couple touchdowns, which were to Pollard. Uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb didn't have a great game in this one. Um, you know, the the receivers in general, even on both sides, really, you know, Hawkinson dropped a really nice pass from Kirk Cousins in the end zone. He could have had a nice day. Justin Justin Jefferson had a very quiet game. Uh just mm -hmm. the receiving game other than Pollard. Uh, didn't really get things going. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't really get things going uh, for the Vikings. Um, but, you know, Dak... Although he did average like, 6.5 yards like, per carry. Yeah, true. But, like, Dak, you know, getting back to Dak. Dak is back. You know what I mean? Like, he's in every week RB or QB1, for sure, moving forward, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I, I still think C.D. Lamb's going to have some big games going forward. I, You know, I'd like to see yeah. a little more from Michael Gallup. Um, it's kind of... Between Schultz and Gallup and Noah Brown, like nobody's really distinguishing themselves right now that much. So, you know, Schultz is definitely the best fantasy option of those guys because he's a tight end. But um, you'd, you'd mm -hmm. like to see uh, some more ceiling games. I mean, we haven't really seen that huge ceiling game from the passing game yet. I mean, Dak is a, 
a lot, you know, he also can do stuff on the ground. So that, that adds to his floor as well. And the touchdown efficiency yep. has been high. Um, but uh, they may not be in those games like they were in when, when their defense was bad, you know, where he's throwing like 45 times and they're for 400 yards. <laughs> you know, they might just not be in those kind of games. Um, and then, like, True. I think you kind of covered it with the Vikings. I mean, it was just like a nightmare game for them. So I think we can kind of just throw this game out the window for the Vikings yeah. and, and move on to the next one. Yep. And they'll be, they'll be ready to bounce back on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, next game is the Bengals 37 and the Steelers 30. Uh, this game was entertaining. This was a back and forth game, um, much closer than mm-hmm. I think people would have expected. And, uh, you know, Joe Mixon leaves with a con- concussion, and Samaj P. Ryan steps right in and scores three touchdowns. <laughs> Did his Joe Mixon impression for sure, you know? And yeah, man, it's it's unreal. I mean, it, with concussions, it's just it's hard to say kind of how things are going to play out. So P. Ryan, I think we're going to need to talk about when we get to running backs too. Even if you just need like a one week fill in, you you might have someone in P. Ryan who could plug right in. We we saw him do it in this game, and we could see him do do it again. Yeah, I think he's like an RB2 if Mixon doesn't get cleared in time, even though they have a tough matchup with Tennessee coming up. Um, and then T. Higgins had a great game. Uh, Joe Burrow just continues to be lights out. I mean, he's mm-hmm. uh, ascending to that uh, top, close to top three fantasy QB again at this point, I think. And he's going to get Jamar Chase back soon as well. So yeah. things are going things are going well for the Bengals offensively, at least. Um they did give up a lot of points to the Steelers in this game, which I don't think people were thinking when they were streaming the Bengals' <laughs> defense this week. Um, but Najee Harris, I mean, two good games in a row. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of have been a bit of a Najee hater. I won't lie. Um, o- over the course of his career to this point, but me too. <laughs> uh, t- you know, twenty carries in back-to-back games, ninety-plus yards in back-to-back games. Uh, this is, uh, he, you know, in the first half of the season, he didn't have a single game where he ran for 90 yards or averaged uh, 4.5 yards per carry, and he's now done it two weeks in a row. So uh, things are trending up for Najee. Uh, Jalen Warren, who had looked really explosive um, for the Steelers and looked to be gaining ground on Najee mm-hmm. up until last week, uh, left this game with a hamstring injury. So that just kind of clears the room for Najee even more. So now it's like, He's got the efficiency going, uh, which he hasn't had in the past, and he's got the volume going. Uh, so we'll see how he holds up with that. But for now, things are looking pretty rosy for Najee Harris. Yeah, and you know, as far as the receivers, we were talking about this in the preview, George Pickens versus Deontay Johnson, and I was saying how I, I was moving Pickens ahead of Deontay, uh, you know, rest of the season. Just the connection with Pickett, uh, he's fine in the end zone. You know, he did in this game. Um, we were talking before we got started about a potential trade for Deontay Johnson in our dynasty league. Cause you know, I like him. I like the talent. Um, but Pickens has really shown some playmaking ability here. And I, I like him more rest of season this year, not necessarily dynasty TBD there, you know, with, with Pickens, but, and also just want to point out Pat Fryermuth had 12 targets here to lead, uh, you know, to pick, kind of pace the, the Steelers in this game. He's an every week tight end one. I mean, I've said that every week for the last month, but he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. 12 targets is a ton for a tight end, so that that definitely stands out. Uh, anything else in that game, or should we move to the Sunday night game? No, let's do Sunday night. All right. So this was uh, a fun one, as we kind of expected it would be. Chiefs 30, Chargers 27. 
Uh, I guess the end result really isn't that surprising. This just is, seems like what happens. The Chiefs come back and win at the end against the Chargers, you know. But um, it was a it was a good game for fantasy uh, for the most part, other than my my painful Mike Williams experience that I was recounting uh, at the top. And uh, certainly anyone that started Kadarius Tony also feels similarly uh, at, at this point. Um, but there were just a lot of fantasy-relevant takeaways in this game, and that's kind of what I was talking about in my fantasy pros column this week. Is It was a week that maybe was a little light on takeaways until you get to this game, and then there's like a million things you can discuss. You know, so, um, you know, for me it was uh, Mike Williams re-injuring the ankle on his first catch, leaving the game. Uh, it was a great catch too, by the way. Um, and then Josh Palmer steps in for him, goes eight for 106 and two touchdowns. Um, Keenan Allen uh, doesn't re-injure his hamstring this time around. Five catches, 94. So uh, good good return for Allen, not so good for Williams, and I feel like most people were expecting the opposite. Yeah, and then on the Chiefs side, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, you talked about the comeback. I saw some stat about him where, I mean, I don't think he's lost uh, a road division game maybe ever <laughs> in his career. Um, he definitely has won, I don't know, 14 or 16 or something straight. I got the stat wrong, but it was a great stat. Um, but he had a great game in this one. Great comeback. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, man, we knew he would have a good game. This is a good matchup. Uh, 107 yards was a little shorter than I wanted it to be because I sprinkled a little bit on a couple guys to lead, uh, you know, week 11 in rushing. He was one of them. So I had like 30 to one odds on him and Brian Robinson and he fell Mm. two, two yards short. Josh Jacobs actually led. Okay. I know. So it was toward the end of the I was like, gosh, just need one or more carries. And then all the back and forth, the fumbling, and it just didn't work out well with the end of game game script for me. Hey, well, you got that Brian Robinson carry mark thing. So I, I did. I guess this was like evening out, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, big game for Pacheco. Um, CEH, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire leaves the game with a high ankle sprain. So yep. he's looking at an extended absence at this point, And he had already sort of been phased out to a significant degree anyway. Um, so, I, you know, I think it for now it seems simpler with Pacheco as the primary rusher mm-hmm. and McKinnon as the primary passing down back. Now, we could see a Ronald Jones sighting. That's the other <laughs> thing because he's been sitting away there on uh, the inactive uh, list, um, bench warming all season. <laughs> and he would be the natural guy to be next man up to take on uh, CEH's role. So, uh, I don't think he's going to come in and take snaps away from Pacheco as a, or at least a significant number of them but it is something to just keep an eye on but um you know Pacheco has no role in the passing game that's one one downside there um but uh he's going to be getting like 15 carries a week in one of the best offenses in the league so um that makes him a a low end RB2 high end RB3 type um Probably a low end RB two in standard, high end R, more of a RB high end RB three in PPR. Yeah, man, I hadn't thought about Ronald Jones in a long time. Uh, before You're the, welcome. Before the season started, <laughs> it was like, is he going to eat into you know Clyde Edwards Alaire's time? And now here we are talking about going into Week Twelve with Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> you know, it's it's yep. wild, man. Um, yep. I'm sure you're feeling pretty good about Travis Kelsey and those three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a decent game. It's <laughs> all right. You know, game winner. I yeah, mean, I mean, amazing game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's the single biggest difference maker in fantasy football. I really think that's true. I mean, you just Mark Andrews is a good tight end too, but uh, Kelsey gives you such a huge advantage over the vast majority of 
people in your league. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't find that kind of positional advantage anywhere else. And uh, amazingly, he is on pace to have his best year of his career at age 33. He's already tied his career high with 11 <laughs> touchdowns, uh, and the calendar still reads November. It's and uh, he's also on pace to set rec- uh, career highs in catches and yards, I believe. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the man just doesn't seem to uh, age. And, he, you know, uh, it, it's it. he's the kind of epitome to me of how um, – guys who are really good at, at football like you just can't cover them you know because it's like <laughs> yeah. th- they knew they were going to throw the ball to travis kelsey at the end of this game and they couldn't stop it you nope. know what i mean like you just can't cover the man so uh he's incredible and they really need him more than ever now because uh you know as i mentioned Kadarius tony leaves this game uh with a hamstring injury mm-hmm. um it, it, this wasn't a touchdown celebration this was an actual <laughs> hamstring injury um and uh, we they're already missing Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll see if he can get back next week. Um, so uh, they're depleted in the right. You know, Michael Hardman's on IR as well. So it's it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It's Justin Watson. It's Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Maybe maybe Sky Moore is finally going to make an impact now because uh, we we just got finished talking about receivers or you know rookies mm-hmm. um, making a bigger impact down the stretch. We're seeing. Pacheco do it, and maybe Sky Moore as well. Absolutely, I I, I know we're going to talk waiver wire here in a second, and I'm I'm going to need to bump Sky Moore up a bit because you, you just got done talking about all those injuries, and you know Tony adding on top of it, you know it is Kelsey's going to have some more big games, but someone else is going to catch some passes, and and Sky Moore looked really good in this one. Yeah, although I will say Justin Watson might be like the Donovan Peoples Jones of this offense because yeah. nobody's going to want to go out and pick him up, but he's actually playing the most snaps um, after. Uh, MVS more than than more so good call uh, you know Watson is kind of almost an every down player right now in this offense yep well anything else on this game or are we ready to move on to some waiver wire uh, Austin Eckler's good too don't forget about that he is good yeah. <laughs> uh, and he knows it too because he's got himself on his fantasy teams yeah he does uh, uh, yeah <laughs> love it <laughs> all right let's move to the waiver wire uh, as always we're going to talk about players that are rostered in 50 percent or fewer of Yahoo leagues, although we will occasionally mention a guy in that 50 to 60% range, uh, just to make sure that you Mm -hmm. keep them in mind as you are making your claims this week. Uh, We start, as always, at quarterback, and I assume you're going to lead off with Deshaun Watson yet again this week. He's still under 50% rostered. Yeah, he's got to be number one. I mean, again, it kind of depends on your need. Um, you know, there's there's certain guys, like if, if you're just streaming quarterbacks, and a lot of people are, you know, or maybe if you're looking for someone... Like Trevor Lawrence is fifty nine percent, so like you could look at him as your potential rest of season. But yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. I could even pick up a guy like Deshaun Watson and and T- Taylor Heineke, who has the Falcons this week. He's a little bit further mm-hmm. down in my rankings, but pick up both of those guys if you've been struggling at quarterback, if they're still available in your league, because you can play Heineke this week in a great matchup, and then just stash Watson uh, for when he comes back in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean at this point, you just need a one week starter until you can use Watson so it's only one more week where you're gonna need to roster two quarterbacks um so yeah he's (laughs) I bet you Watson's roster rate goes up about 20 30 percent this week um so I have Marcus Mariota second um I like I don't know what else this guy needs to do he just he he just produces every week and I I get like he doesn't have the ceiling of some other guys um but like He's the QB 15 on the season, and mm-hmm. that's counting guys like Dak and Wentz, who 
you know, have only played five or six games. I mean, if you get to the guys who have played double-digit games, he's like borderline QB1 for the season. Um, and it's because he, he has that cheat code rushing floor, you know? And it's like he doesn't really have ceiling games, but he doesn't have floor games either. And uh, there's something to be said for that, I think. Um, so, uh, you know, it's like it. he's not your optimal starter, but if, if you are in a situation where you've got like a Kyler Murray or you've got like a – well, you don't have hopefully Matthew Stafford as your starter, but you know if uh, <laughs> if your quarterback is um, is out or uh, is is uh, borderline starter and has a really tough matchup or something like that, I think you can you can absolutely um, continue to look at Marcus Marietta. Yeah, he's my number two as well. I, I mentioned Heineke just because like you could probably get him for free uh, more than likely, but Mariota, you know, he's rostered in forty three percent. Of league, so he's less available. But yeah, he's my number two if he's somehow still out there. Because yeah, rest of the season he's got that solid floor, like he said. Um, and then, like I said, I, I like Heineke just with a matchup if you're playing in one week. And then I've got guys like Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan. These are like 16% rostered, so it gets kind of gross quickly. I think there's a big fall off after guys like Watson and Mariota for me. Then you're just looking at matchups and and these old guys. I don't know. I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, excited about Heineke them. does have a great matchup, so he's my number three as well. Yeah, but I do think you should put a little respect on Jacoby Brissett's name. Oh, okay. Because uh, Jacoby Brissett is now the QB 16 for the season. Uh, <laughs> he's right behind uh, Marcus Mariotti. He's right on his heels. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's got one week, and left. I know that's a one week play <laughs> yeah. because of of Watson coming back. But that actually works out perfectly if you have. If you have Watson, pick up Brissett for one week. You know yeah, they're true. they're facing the Buccaneers this week, and the the Bucks are notoriously stingy against the run. So even though the Browns like to run the ball, they may have to throw a little more this week. And Brissett's been just playing good football all year, and uh, uh, I think he's uh, a decent streamer if you uh, if you need to dig a little deeper. I'd I'd take him over Tannehill and Ryan. No, it's a good call. I haven't put together you know my Week Twelve rankings uh, yet, but uh, it's a good call. Uh, Brissett's coming off a really nice game. He might be more in the top 20 quarterbacks, whereas Ryan and Tannehill are just, yeah, maybe leaving for dead. <laughs> yeah, Ryan does get Pittsburgh, so that, that's actually a pretty decent matchup. So yeah. I, he he would be my, my next pick after Brissett. Well, I mean, um, and even speaking of Pittsburgh, like Kenny Pickett, if you're going real deep, like he would probably be like around five or six for me because I know he's 11% rostered. No one's really thinking about him, but... If they would just let him scramble a little bit more, he could have that floor as well. Like, he's had a couple games where he's had, like, seven or eight rushes. So, Pickett, you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't turned the ball over in his last two games, which is great to see for a rookie. So, if he's – maybe he's getting a little more confidence. He's got Atlanta coming up in Week 13. So, again, you get that, yeah, that Atlanta defense is a good one to target. So, he might be one that you could pick up and, and play if you're really desperate. Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, you know, for super flex leagues, there's some – interesting situations for players that are virtually unrostered right now mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the jet situation I, I think either joe flacco or mike white would be a decent qb2 potential uh potential starter against chicago this week yep. um so we don't know which of them is going to get the start but uh <laughs> you know if you're if you're hurting at Superflex, and uh, i wouldn't mind taking a stab on either one and just waiting to see what happens um I, I don't have a great feel for people seem to be talking that White's going to start, but I would have thought it would be Flacco. But honestly, it could go either way. So uh, maybe we get some clarity before uh, waivers lock on Tuesday night. Um, and then the Carolina situation, same thing. I mean, I, you know, I I prefer the Jets guys, but PJ Walker and Sam Darnold can both be decent too. The problem is they get Denver, so tougher mm-hmm. matchup. Um, but again, like you could take a shot on these guys if you need help. 
uh, at, at your QB2 spot in a super flex league. And then um, John Wolford's probably going to get another start against Kansas City. So, mm. you know, if you have to, you can do it. <laughs> Colt McCoy, I don't I don't know. I'm kind of guessing Kyler will be back next week, but um, he's just another name to keep in mind. Yeah, and their buy's coming up too. But that's a good point about the Jets and the Panthers. And depending on – maybe we'll get some clarity on Tuesday and we'll they'll, like, name a starter – and whoever that starter is, I would I would rank them above whatever Carolina quarterback it is, Baker Mayfield included, just because of that matchup with Denver uh, for Carolina, like you said. Yep, yep. And then running back, you mentioned you have Latavius Murray at the top. I've got him there as well. Yep. I I I, I mean they don't <laughs> they don't really have anything else right now in that uh, in that Broncos uh, running back room. So I mean it seems like I mean I'm sure I'm sure somebody else will get some get some uh opportunities uh but chase Edmonds um got injured in this game they they cut melvin gordon <laughs> so right marlon it's like mack. marlon mack yeah 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 so i mean it's gonna be a lot of a lot of work for murray yeah ab- absolutely like he's number one if you need a running back and you're struggling i mean again we're going into week 12 here people like go ahead it's it, i know it kind of stinks like you might have to hold your nose and spend half your fab or or all of the rest of your fab to to get murray um, but if you've got 50 bucks left or whatever, and you're really hurting, like you kind of have to do it at this point, you know, like I wouldn't even really oh, totally, say I'd be, I'd be happy to do it. I mean, yeah. well, I wouldn't be just happy. to get a guy that's clearly going to be the lead back and they get Carolina this week. That's a great matchup. Yeah. Um, I, I also want to mention too, before we get into some other guys, cause after Murray, I don't think there's a super clear, I mean, P Ryan, if there's again, if like Joe Mixon, there's some more, uh, clarity on his concussion, but I don't think we will have any before waivers run in most leagues. So he's kind of a stab in like, I don't. I wouldn't want to spend all my fab on a one-week fill-in, and then Joe Mixon's fine. Uh, but he's up there for me. I also wanted to mention that Rashad White is still 61% rostered, so a lot of people mm-hmm. dropped him in league. So he would be my number two pickup after Latavius Murray. I actually would pick up Latavius over Rashad White because I think Leonard Fournette is probably going to be just fine, and I expect this to be kind of an even split, whereas Murray will have this backfield more to himself. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think Tyler Algier is right there as well. He's 51% rostered, and... Uh, as I mentioned, he actually played more snaps than Cordell Patterson this last week, and mm-hmm. they're one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. So uh, Algier is going to continue to see double-digit touches every single week. Uh, it could be upwards of 15 touches many weeks. They get Washington this week, not a bad matchup at all. Um, so I, I feel like Algier is a guy you can kind of plug and play as like an RB3 and uh, maybe even a low-end RB2 if, if there's a bunch of teams on bye. Um Jerick McKinnon mm-hmm. is another name. I mean, we mentioned uh, Pacheco. He's more rostered at this point, but uh, McKinnon's only 26% rostered still, and he continues to lead the team in snaps. And it's it's the kind of situation where if, if Pacheco were to get injured now, I think McKinnon would actually uh, get a fair amount of rushing work because he's not, he's not like a Naheem Hines. You know what I mean? Like yeah. McKinnon is actually – uh, been a guy who can run between the tackles a fair amount. Um, I think he has that ability, that skill set. I mean, there was a time where he looked like he profiled as like a, a bell cow, like a three-down back, three-down skill set. So that's not really how he's viewed anymore. But if called upon, I think he could do that. Um, it's sort of similar with James Cook, too. I, I like both of those guys, like they're pretty much pigeonholed as pass-catching backs right now. But if they needed to be uh, more than that, I think they both – have the skill set to do it yep i think it's a good call those are the next two guys on my list then i start considering that nasty rams situation Mm -hmm. but but honestly i think i'd rather roster someone like an alexander madison yep you know because it's it's clear what's going on there whereas the Rams situation it's like 
Okay, Cam Akers, he's 27% rostered. Kyron Williams, 28%. Um, people are dropping Kyron Williams like us because he was like 40, up over 40% rostered. So people are dropping him. Um, I, yeah, I almost feel like just avoid the Ram situation unless you're really getting desperate. Like we're kind of digging pretty deep here, getting to the Rams. Yeah, no, I, I you're saying exactly what I would what I would say about it. Um, I'd much rather roster a Madison, someone who could be a league winner if like Dalvin Cook got hurt. I mean, the thing about the Rams situation is they haven't had like one guy be a bell cow at any point this season. It's right. been a committee the entire season. Basically it's just been different guys involved. I mean, remember like Malcolm Brown was involved for a while too. And um, Henderson and acres and Williams. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a committee on the worst rushing team in the league with the worst <laughs> offensive line in the league. So yeah. there's just not like people here at Rams and they, they're like Super Bowl champs. Like, <laughs> t- you know, they used to be like this explosive Sean McVay offense. And it's like, that's not what they are now. So uh, t- if you, if you take the name aside and you think like, uh, you know, if this was, uh, I don't know what, what team <laughs> would nobody be interested in ever? Like uh, the, uh, the uh, Houston Texans or go. something, although they have <laughs> Damian Pierce, but you know, like, you know, you get my point. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like this isn't this isn't the Rams we, we're used to. So I, I would definitely avoid that um, in, in favor of Madison. And um, the nice thing about James Cook and then I'll, also Matt Breida, he's another guy I would actually stash before any of the Rams guys, because mm. the thing about James Cook and Matt Breida is they play on Thursday. So mm. yep. uh, you get a sneak peek, you know, you can pick them up, see what happens, see if they get some run or if the starter gets hurt. Uh, and then you could always pick someone else up after that. Um, so I would I would take either of those guys over over those Rams backs. That's a um, that's a good call just on strategy with the waiver wire this week. If you're if you're digging you know deep, it is nice to have. I mean, there's three Thursday games on Thanksgiving, so yeah, getting someone you can even play that game of getting someone in the early game and then the middle game and then the late game. <laughs> like if you want to add and drop, you can even do that if you're if you're dealing with some of these backup running backs. Um, sometimes I'll I'll do that if I actually have the time. Now maybe not this week. Yeah, um, you know. yeah. Madison plays on Thursday too. So yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, some teams are like you know, like the Patriots, for example, or Cowboys. Like the backup running back is sure. is not available in many leagues. But um, and Lions too, really. But uh, but but those ones that you can pick up, it's a nice little cheat code sneak preview. Yep. Any other running backs? Um, I mean, Samir White's just one other guy I'll give a shout-out to just because I feel like he's the clear handcuff for Josh Jacobs, and uh, Jacobs has been really effective this year, and Mm -hmm. Zamir White is an interesting young talent. So if Jacobs were to get hurt, I feel like there's still some upside with White compared to uh, maybe some other backup running backs across the league. That's a good call. digging real deep. I think I'm stashing him still in Scott Fishbowl, even though it's like he was – I think he was even inactive this week. But, yeah, if if Jacobs is is out, he could be – I don't know if he'll be a league winner, but I mean, gosh, Jacobs, that workload. You never know. <laughs> Somebody needs to take it on. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to be Amir Abdullah, I don't think. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Receiver. Um, so Josh Palmer's 59% rostered, but mm-hmm. uh, if he's available, I think he's he's a must add given that we, we don't know what Mike Williams' status is. Uh, uh, um, St- Brandon Staley says uh, it wasn't a significant mm. re aggravation of. Williams is high ankle sprain, but I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I uh, I'm feeling like it's less than fifty fifty that Williams plays next week, but we'll see. Um, oh, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, you saw it happen, you saw him roll it. Like you said, it was a great catch, but he rolled it. He 
he couldn't put a whole lot of weight on. He came out pretty much immediately. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But there is one guy I would take over Josh Palmer, and that's Traylon Burks. I, I, I think I would just do that anyway because, I don't know, it's tough, I guess. If you need, like, a starter for this week, I would rather have Palmer. Um, but if you're looking ahead, I mean, Burks is a guy who could explode down the stretch, whereas, like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Palmer could too. But uh, <laughs> with Palmer, you're kind of betting against Mike Williams and, and uh, Keenan Allen's health more than anything. So yeah. it's a it's tough call between those two, really, for me. Yeah, and, like, if, if Mike Williams misses a couple games, like they, the the Chargers get the Raiders week 13, so that's another really nice matchup. I, I actually I actually have Donovan Peoples-Jones as my number one. I, and I would, wow, okay. Because, I mean, we've talked about him week after week, and, yeah, he did have a touchdown really late to kind of save that day. Um, you know, Cooper was the one who had the big game, but we've seen, you know, Cooper have some bad games, and Peoples-Jones steps up. So I have Peoples-Jones, who's 45% rostered now, as my number one, Traylon Burks is my number two, and then I would also consider Josh Palmer uh, in there, probably at number three after those two guys. Um, so. Okay, so we have the top, th- we have the same top three, just in a different order. I have I have DPJ as my number three pick. Um, I I guess like I can I can definitely see your argument. I mean, he's been very consistent. I just I don't really see a ceiling with him as the main thing. I, I mean, I guess maybe there's more of a ceiling once Deshaun Watson comes back, um, but. At the same time, I mean, Brissett loves throwing to him, so yeah. <laughs> it's not a slam dunk that Watson's going to be a good thing for Peoples-Jones. Whereas, like, I feel like for Amari Cooper, like, Watson is definitely going to be a good thing. Um, but for Peoples-Jones, it's a little more up in the air in that regard. But, uh, I I mean, to me, like, Peoples-Jones is an every week wide receiver three. I just don't really see how he gets into wide receiver two territory. Whereas, like, Palmer is a wide receiver too for me whenever um, either Mike Allen or, or Mike Allen, Mike Williams or <laughs> Keenan Allen is out. Um, and Traylon Burks could be, I mean, he could even be a wide receiver one if he <laughs> truly broke out. But I mean, I think there's a, 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 a plausible way for him to at least be a wide receiver too. Yeah. I would agree with Burks. Like I would have, I can see the argument for Burks being the ceiling play and being a wide receiver two um, potentially uh, rest of the season. And yeah, I mean, wide receiver one, there's a 1% chance or a 5% chance. We saw Amon Ross St. Brown last year break out in the second half. We've seen A.J. Brown uh, flourish in that Titan offense. So I'm not saying that Burks is A.J. Brown, but they sure drafted him to be, right? So Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, look what Justin Jefferson did as a rookie. You know? Exactly. <laughs> what Odell Beckham did as a rookie. I mean, we've seen yeah. lots of rookies be great and different kinds of players we're talking about now. But, yeah, there's a chance for sure. Yep, exactly. Uh, so next on my list is Darius Slayton, who we talked about earlier. Uh, Me too. I mean, he's the clear number one receiver on this offense now. I don't really see anyone else even close. Uh, yeah. They do have a tough matchup with Dallas, but uh, Slayton, to me, he he's pretty. He's like right there with Donovan Peoples Jones for me. Like, not doesn't really have a ceiling, but has a very high floor as a wide receiver three. Yeah, and Slayton's going to start seeing like forty to fifty percent target shares. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's going to be like twenty passes, half of them to Slayton. I mean, who else are they going to throw to? Like Galladay, like we've talked about all these guys. Galladay's not playing, and you know you got the Richie Jameses of the world, and maybe Sills will be active again or something. But yeah, Slay- Slayton's a guy. He's next on the list for me as well. Mm-hmm. And then I have Paris Campbell, who we talked about as well. I mean, you probably you're you're nodding your head. You have the same guy. Like he's forty percent rostered still, and we're gonna keep talking about these guys until they become well over fifty percent. And I think Paris Campbell, like you said, he has a he he'll have a week in him here. Matt Ryan loves him. He's gonna have a good week, and then he he'll be sixty percent rostered, and we'll stop talking about him. Yep, I totally agree. And then I you know I have to put Marquez Valdez Scantling in here right now too, just mm-hmm. given all yep. the injuries. 
to the uh, to the Chiefs uh, receivers. I mean, he's fifty five percent rostered right now, but like, I think he's their number one guy right now. I mean, yeah. we'll see if Juju comes back this week, but if not, I mean, MVS is <laughs> the number one guy in in a Patrick Mahomes offense, so I, that has to be rostered. Yeah, that's a good call, and then. After that, then it, then it starts to be. I mean, we've talked about Odell Beckham before. He's forty three percent rostered. I think you want to take a look there if you want just a. Stash. I've got him right there as well, <laughs> next in my rankings. Yeah. We're like on the same page here, man. It just depends on what you want at this point, right? Because you know you've got. We've talked about Michael Gallup, who's forty seven percent. But I would rather I have him next. Too. I would rather look at. So I have Gallup next, but it just depends. Like next after that is Elijah Moore. I really think like we talked about him last week as like he's gonna have a tough match matchup against New England. You can pick him up, but don't even consider playing him. Well, now he gets Chicago. So mm-hmm. now we might really see what Salah was, you know, had in for him, and maybe we see a different quarterback. Like this, this could be a That's perfect storm for Elijah Moore. <laughs> yeah, I. That's an interesting point. I mean, I stashed him this last weekend, and then I dropped him uh, for uh, Zay Jones because uh, I might need. Like this is a deeper league with more flex spots, mm-hmm. so I was looking at who could I start in a pinch next week and. Uh, Decided Zay Jones might be a better option um, than uh, than Elijah Moore, but if they make the QB switch, mm-hmm. then you're right. Maybe maybe it's time to go back to Moore. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I, you know, uh, I agree about Beckham because the upside's there, especially if you're a team that's already going to make the fantasy playoffs. Like, yep. he's the kind of guy that uh, could could be a huge difference maker in a few weeks' time. Um, maybe you know, it might take a month before he's really at his peak powers, but. Um, he's going to go to a good team and play a big role down the stretch. Uh, Gallup has been frustrating, but the upside stuff is still there. Mac Hollins is another one. I mean, like he's just locked into, I feel like Mac Hollins and, and uh, Zay Jones are kind of similar, just locked into that number two receiver role in their offenses. And that's worth something, you know? Sure. Yeah. And then, Uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple other guys we could talk about. We've already talked about Jarvis Landry, how he's been getting worked in a little bit. He's 22% rostered. You know, he had a touchdown. Uh, I think we'll see if there's a quarterback change there. I don't think it really matters. He's just – we're talking about guys now who don't have that upside. Like Traylon Burks, like you talked about before, he has that wide receiver one or two upside. I really think Elijah Moore, in a perfect storm, we could see him emerge as well. But down down here, I'm, I don't know if there's anybody else you want to talk about who has that upside. Well, how about Sky Moore? Oh, yeah, Sky Moore. That's a good call because he does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he's got that upside. Like I said, Justin Watson, I mean – He's got upside just for being in that offense, you know. I, I like. I feel like Sky Moore probably has a higher ceiling um, than jo- Justin Watson, but Justin Watson could still have a pretty high ceiling. I mean, really, any receiver in that offense can have a high ceiling, and he's the one that's playing the ton of snaps right now. So, I could see going either way on, on Justin Watson or Sky Moore. If you want to shoot for the sky, go with oh, Sky Moore. Oh man! <laughs> and if you're in a keeper league and you're like Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, some of these guys, like these are really good stashes to pick up to see what happens. They might be able to help you this year, but they might. I mean, if they really take off down the stretch, you might looking at keeping them next year. You never know. Yeah. And then Terrace Marshall is another name to think about, just mm-hmm. especially if the Panthers make a QB change. Maybe that helps him as well. I mean, he's a talented player, and he's another guy who's locked into that number two receiver role on his offense. So yep. another guy to keep in mind. And then. We should at least mention Demarcus Robinson since he's coming off that big game. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like I don't really believe in it, but I believe in it more than I believed in like Nick Westbrook Akina's big game last mm. week. You know, like yeah. because the the Ravens just don't have anyone to really steal targets from him. You know, so 
they're they're kind of at the point where they need to throw to somebody sometimes. And Demarcus Robinson, after Mark Andrews, is seems to be their most dependable guy right now. No, that's a good point. Like just situation based, like he might end up being the guy uh, who gets some targets, and they need they need someone, like you said. Yep. All right. Anyone else you want to move on to tight end? Let's do tight end. All right, tight end. Well, so this is a funny situation. My top two tight ends play for the same team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably guess who they are then. Well, uh, are, are they are they Saints? <laughs> they are indeed, <laughs> yes. Uh, Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson. And I'm going to stick with Taysom Hill number one, even <laughs> though Jawan Johnson is a touchdown machine right now. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, with Jawan Johnson, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's one of those things, like, the minute you pick him up and start him, that's when he doesn't score the touchdown. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like fantasy football is cruel like that. Um, but he's definitely got a good rapport going uh, with Andy Dalton, no doubt about it. They got a tough matchup um, with the 49ers coming up next week. But um, Taysom Hill, I mean, I I tweeted this, right? I said, everyone uh, everyone dropped him. Everyone <laughs> gave up on him, so he's going to have a good game. And he didn't have, like, a massive game, but the usage was good, so... Uh, like I feel like any tight end that can get ten carries in a game, like how can you not <laughs> put them as a top twelve tight end? You know, so that's like probably how I'm gonna have him ranked as like a low end tight end one again. Well, just something to point out with these guys. I mean, if you're streaming tight end, you're looking at you're looking at one of these guys. Maybe they are uh, on a buy in week fourteen. They do have one of those late buys coming up, so you can plug them in for the next week or two. Um, and then you're going to be right back there needing someone else. So with all with both of these guys, you're probably going to need to have two guys, uh, I think, coming up uh, here in a week or so. But I'm with you on Jawan Johnson. I have him right after Evan Ingram. <laughs> and I know that sounds gross, but like we've mm. seen Evan Ingram be very consistent. And oftentimes people forget about the guys coming back off the bye. So, um, yeah, I actually have Evan Ingram, then Jawan. And I have Taysom. Yeah, Ingram had a couple slow games right before the bye, though, too, right? But I guess he was a little banged up, maybe. He did. And he had one where he had a touchdown called back, and then I feel like he did score um, in the week before. I'll have to pull that up. I thought he he scored. Um, Yeah, but no, you're right. I mean, like, I've never been a big fan of Evan Ingram, but he's definitely locked into, like, a pretty uh, significant role in that passing game, so... That's worth something. Uh, I I do have Logan Thomas ahead of him though, just because okay. I've always liked Logan Thomas better as a player, and um, you know I feel like he he has the same kind of opportunity in his offense that Ingram does. Uh, I just think uh, he gets Atlanta this week, yeah. so that's a nice matchup. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot of upside with Logan Thomas when he's healthy. He just is often not healthy. No, that's a good call. I mean, he really could be the number two. Uh, in this offense like he's he's done it before before he got hurt and all that so that's a good call and i think i'll just say this with all these tight ends like i'm not crazy about any of these guys you know like i can rank like don't spend a bunch of fab like whether you yeah. whether you get logan thomas in a good matchup versus atlanta or Jawan johnson um foster moreau is next on my list he's 40 percent. like these are all guys i'm gonna have ranked similarly and i'm not just you know trey mcbride i don't know what he's doing right now while we're recording but he's next on my list at 16%. Like, he, he might be worth rostering. Don't really know how he's doing against the Niners right now, but mm-hmm. I don't love any but, of these guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it, I mean that's the story of tight end. Yeah. If, you're, if you don't have, like, a top three, top five guy, yeah. like, you're struggling. Yep. Uh, so are you just out on Taysom then <laughs> you, after you traded for him? <laughs> no, I mean, like, he's, he's up here. You know, he's, like, on my list, he's, like, fourth or fifth. He's up there, but it's just... I don't know. Like I said, I don't really like any of these guys. I'm not. He's definitely not like my definite number one ad this week because he's just been 
you know, a little inconsistent with the usage. That's all. Yeah, that's definitely true. It seems like it's kind of like a game game script dependent or game plan dependent. Game thing plan. With the yep. Saints, I should say. Like they they seem to decide which opponents it makes sense to, exactly. to unleash him against. Yeah. Yep. All right, defenses. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it is a really good week for for streaming defenses. There's tons of options. Agreed. So, uh, I would not spend up big for any of these guys, any of these defenses, because you, you can just get whichever one falls into your lap, basically. But um, I like the Chiefs, number one, <laughs> mm. just because they're going up against that Rams offense that's just a, a total dumpster fire, and it's probably going to be John Wolford, a quarterback, with no nothing going in the running game, no Cooper Cup, like... I just I think it's a great matchup for the Chiefs, and they're gonna get out to a huge lead too. So you could see you could see the Rams turning the ball over a lot in this game, trying to make plays. Yeah, I have no issue with that. They are my number two, but I do have Miami number one coming off the bye at home against Houston. I mean, you said it like this game against Washington this week was not as close as the final score said. You know, Washington had that defensive touchdown. Um, I think they held them to like six yards in the first half or something ridiculous. I mean. Texans could do nothing, and I just think Miami, you know, healthy coming off the bye, having that little home field advantage down there. If it's warm, uh, I don't know what the weather's looking like right now, but I just I like I like that Miami defense against Houston. How can you not? I can never <laughs> argue with streaming a defense against the Texans, especially when it's a pretty good defense like Miami, who yeah. have, have made some moves to strengthen that defense as the season's gone along as well. Uh, I do actually have one other defense ahead of them though, oh, okay. and that's the Jets uh, at home against the Bears, and I I just think it's looking like I don't think Justin Fields is going to play. So, and even if he does play, like they may not want him to run. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. what is the bears offense without Justin Fields being Justin Fields? It's bad, you know? And uh, if it's Trevor Simeon, I mean, I think I'd move the jets up to number one. Uh, Cause they're also, the jets are also a really good defense. I mean, like yeah. they're one of the most underrated defensive units in the league, I think. Um, so I think they're a slam dunk play this week. This one would be contingent for me on fields, uh, just because like the the Bears have been putting up a ton of points. Uh, he hasn't been turning the ball over a ton. He's been turning it over a little bit, but I don't know. I think this would be a little bit contingent on it being a Trevor Simeon, and I, I would agree. I would move them up, yeah, maybe to number one um, over Miami over over uh, Kansas City uh, if it yep. is no fields. Yeah, but you know, given how many good defenses there are available this week, like you could probably pick up the Jets. And then if it turns out Fields is fine and he's going to play, you just drop him for one of these other defenses. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, each defense in the Colts, uh, Steelers. I mean, both of those are pretty mm-hmm. good options. You know, so like yep. that's that's Monday Night Football, and you'll probably those will be on the waiver wire for sure. They're rostered in less than thirty percent of leagues. Yeah, and then the Vikings. Uh, yeah. They got dropped a lot because they were on bye, but um, or they weren't on bye. They I don't know why they're so under under They had a bad matchup, Dallas. Yeah. That, that's it. But they get the Patriots at home this week, so that's a really nice matchup for them as well. And they're they're a pretty good defensive unit, despite giving up forty points to the Cowboys last week. <laughs> it's a good bounce back spot, right? I mean, it's a short week. You know, it's New England has to travel and all that, so yeah, it's a great bounce back spot where you could. Yeah, see... although it is prime time, Kirk Cousins, so that's uh, <laughs> they they may get put in some bad uh, field positions by Cousins, but that is true. <laughs> but yeah, no, it should. I think that would be a low scoring game. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of good options. I mean, we just rattled off like six or seven. I mean, that's a that's a weird week. I feel and there's like. Carolina home against Denver. I think that's a pr- you know oh. you know I love that Carolina defense. I always speak. Uh, talk them up so yeah but russell uh, wilson and company oh yeah you're right that yeah they stink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah how's that cooking going there <laughs> one last shot at denver <laughs> <laughs> didn't chipotle start in denver so that's what the cooking is um anyway 
kickers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Give us a couple kickers. Well, there were a couple guys that got dropped uh, coming off their bye. Ryan Suckup with the Bucks and Jason Myers with the Seahawks. Both good kickers that I think are kind of like guys you can pretty much start regardless of matchup. Like, they're just good kickers and good offenses. Yeah. Um, big big legs and teams that uh, kick a lot of field goals. So, um, Suckup gets the Browns. Myers gets the, the Raiders. Both both of those, uh, they'll be favorites in those games. Um, so, well, maybe, maybe I don't know if the I don't actually know if the Bucks will be favorites at Cleveland. We'll see. But um, either way, it's uh, it's good good matchups, I think. And then Jason Jason Sanders, you were you're talking about the Miami defense. Yeah, often good to pair your defense with your kicker. So sure. he gets the Texans. Uh, should be a good spot for him. I tell you what, I sure would like if they would just incorporate kickers into the DST. You know, because I don't like I don't like playing kickers, but it would be nice if it was just part of your defense and just play a defense and a, a special teams and have the kicker in there too and just have a lot of points from one unit. I kind of like that idea. Never heard anyone say that before. That's an interesting thought. I, I, I personally love having a kicker separate for <laughs> reasons I've discussed before, strategy reasons. But yeah, um, but that's an interesting idea, and I'm an, I'm all up for all different kinds of leagues. So I, yeah, that could be a, an interesting experiment at the very least. Absolutely. Uh, maybe I'll tweet Scott Fish about that one. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm sure. <laughs> that's what we need more more complicated uh, Scott Fish Bowl rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's a wrap on, on this show. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can check out uh, Bart and my week 12 rankings up at rsrankings.com later this week. We'll be back on Wednesday night uh, to preview all of those week 12 matchups. Uh, so look out for that as well. Uh, you can, f- uh, if you have waiver wire questions, reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And my, I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.